This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. I usually start this podcast in a jolly way by playing... An introduction talking about what's coming up in the show, and we are still going to do that, but it would have been remiss of me tonight to not start the podcast by sharing our thoughts and prayers to uh, a family of a Mansfield Town legend. Earlier today, the Stags community was rocked and saddened by the news that Kevin Bird had passed away last night at the age of 70. Signing for the Stags in 1972. Bird went on to make 463 appearances in all competitions, scoring 63 goals in 11 seasons. Not bad for a centre-back. Kevin loved Mansfield and, after retiring from professional football, moved back to the area after a short spell at Huddersfield. He lived in Mansfield Woodhouse just down the road and, over the years, became friends with pretty much all of us. So tonight, we dedicate the Mansfield Matters podcast to the memory of Kevin Bird. Please feel free, as always, to share your thoughts, your comments throughout tonight's live feed. And at the end of the show, we'll do a proper tribute to Kev. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Six points, six goals, two wins, two clean sheets and a whole load of happy Mansfield Town fans. If only every week of the season could be like this, eh? First, a smooth sailing Saturday against Old Faces, then a victorious Valentine's romp. Steady on, in Carlisle, which leaves Stags fans screaming out for more. But can Clough's men deliver as they head for Tranmere Rovers this weekend? Coming up on the Mansfield Matters podcast tonight, glorious reflections, putting unsung heroes in the spotlight and only a slight ethical question. As always, we welcome, encourage and invite with loving open arms your questions, comments and opinions in the live feed. This is a crazy little thing called Stags. Roses are red, violets are blue, Mansfield always matters to me and to you. That's enough of the ditties. Let's start the show, shall we?
Hello, good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast where, of course, as I said before we played the intro tonight, we pay tribute to a true Mansfield town legend in Kevin Bird who passed away uh, last night aged 70. We send our thoughts and prayers to uh, his wife Sue and, of course, the immediate family. We'll do a proper tribute at the end. Feel free to get all your comments in, uh, but uh, we will dive straight in to uh, all things Mansfield town and... Um, and to talk, of course, about an absolutely brilliant week uh, for the Stags. Six points, six goals, two wins, two clean sheets. It has been a glorious, glorious week. Saddened, of course, by the news today. But as always, and I'm sure what Kev would have wanted, keep smiling through and talk all things positive about Mansfield Town. So that is exactly what we're going to do uh, this evening. Joining me to talk all things Mansfield Town uh, tonight, let's say hello and good evening to Mr. Clive Parkin, hello. Hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. Have you finally settled on your shirt now? Yes, third choice. Excellent. Well, the reason for that is because Cam came on and uh, evening Cam and said, looked at the shirt that Clive was wearing and said, I'm not wearing the same shirt as Clive. Went off to change your shirt. And then what happened, Cam, when you changed your shirt? I came back and then Clive came back and we've got the same shirt on again. So I've had to oh, change again. But I went with a shirt that I know he's definitely not got. So... Well, there you go. Uh, and the man who, you know, is, isn't get bothered in changing his shirt because it's all about uh, the man. I'm sure he'll lead a superb tribute at our next home game as well. Alan Wilson, good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Great to see you, as always. Feel free to get involved in the comments and have your say on your team tonight as we talk, uh, well, all things victories, really. It's been a really good week on the pitch. Let's start... Uh, Alan, with uh, Saturday, Old Faces returned to One Course Stadium. Ollie Hawkins, George Lapsley, uh, Alex McDonald, but they all went home empty handed with a superb Mansfield Town win. It's been a great week, hasn't it, for it to be a stag on the pitch? It's been an excellent week, Craig. I mean, hand on heart, I think most Stags fans would have hoped for four points out of six. It would have been nice for six, we can all agree, but would have probably hoped and settled for four. You know, a win on Saturday and then probably a draw at Carlisle. But to get six out of six and with the two performances to boot, it's it doesn't get much better than that, does it, to be fair? Let's be honest, Cam. Nobody would have gone into Tuesday night's game thinking that Mansfield would be 4 up after half an hour. Oh, no. No chance. <laughs> it's a strange one because everyone was thinking like, oh, it's going to be the toughest one out of the run. We've got... You think you look back at the the February fixture um, rundown, you're thinking we've got quite a tough month. We we've got a, a Gillingham side where, well, a Bradford game that we didn't, none of us really fancied. You think we just whatever reason we don't turn up. Gillingham they've got a, had a really good turnaround. Carlisle a third and looking a really really good side, and then just Tranmere where we don't particularly travel well to Tran uh, to Prenton Park. So to be looking back and thinking, oh, you know what? Actually, we've had a, a relatively decent month so far. I think anybody would have taken. So if you'd have said seven points in the in the last three games, would you have taken it? Yes. No, of course you. Of course you would. It's it's an absolute no brainer. I think though, Clive, the proof will the proof will be in the pudding come five o'clock on uh, on Saturday afternoon. If we're to make a real statement and uh, of intent on what we want to do this season, we've got to go and uh, get three points 
at Tranmere for me. Absolutely, Craig. I said before the Carlisle game that that game would be a measure of how much progress Manchester have actually made since the acquisitions. It wasn't really because on the night, Carlisle really didn't play. Um, we didn't let them, to be fair, and you can only play what's in front of you. We controlled the game from start to finish. But I don't think it was a test that I was hoping it would be. Having said that, I'll accept the result any day. Yeah, <laughs> the, absolutely. The 200 exactly. odd souls that was stood around, sat around us in the stand couldn't believe it. We just couldn't believe it. Four goals, four different strikers, all within 32 minutes. It was absolute nonsense. Yeah, 212, which made the journey up to uh, Carlisle on Tuesday night, Alan. And uh, again, you know, it's one of those where I think it'll be a night to remember for them for a, a long time to come. And also, I think as well, for those who were watching at home, who were, no doubt would have been, you know, thinking, wow, what on earth am, uh, am I seeing here? Everything seemed to, 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 to go right in our favour, didn't it? I was sat with a wife, and when the fourth one went in, even Jeanette couldn't believe it. She says, that's 4-0 against Carlisle. I says, nobody more surprised than me. So I was hoping, you know, when they got the first one, I thought, oh, let's continue now, you know, play really well again and, you know, try and sneak another one before half-time. But they just kept going through and through. And then I was looking on the social media at Clive's post where it said 0-4, and there were quite a few followed on, followed suit after that, but... It, you know, it, it like I said, it doesn't get much better than that. But the proof of the pudding, same as you say, will be at Prenter Park. I wonder if our friend will be there, Craig. <laughs> it was rather oh, mysterious yeah. last time we went there. <laughs> oh, just let me do commentary for one game, just to just to see him again. I miss him. I we did him. shake his hand after him. the match, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, he done if we'd have nicked the point, though, would he? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Cam, you know, we've we've been quite critical all right let me rephrase that i've been quite critical on this <laughs> podcast this season which is not going to notice i've had a few messages and a few comments you know who you are and some of them you know you need to change your tone a little bit anyway um i think it's uh, it's it's a good time to highlight how well some players have certainly performed and none more so than lucas akins who takes a barrage of abuse and has done over the course of his Mansfield Town career. He hit 50 appearances, I believe, on Tuesday night as well. But last season, we had no win, no Quinn. And I'm sure Alan will come up with a better title than this can. But this season, we seem to have no Aikens up top. No do... I can't rhyme. But basically, what I'm saying is, Aikens up top, I don't think we've lost. Stags won't clock. There it is. I knew I could rely on Alan Wilson. (laughs) No Aikins equals no wins. Mm. I prefer that. It's better than what you come up with. Well, I come up with square root of sod all, so of course it is. It's not hard. Um, yeah, it's a strange one, and I'll, I'll hold my hand up, hold my hands up, and say I've been proved wrong. I've always, I've been quite critical of Lucas, especially this season as well. And I think it was more the fact that it was just everything that seemed to be going wrong at the club at the, that point just seemed to be boiling down to little mistakes that he made on the pitch and none more so than Everton away in the in the Papa John's trophy. And I know it's only the Papa John's trophy, but it's still the point of that was his third or fourth mistake in consecutive games and it cost us wins and points. And the frustration just boils over. But 
he's one of these players that that needs the confidence and he's a fantastic player when he's got it and it just seems that whatever he's doing at the moment everything he touches turns to gold he's fantastic to watch at the moment and it's just it it's frustrating because he, he needs to perform like it all the time and he hasn't this season but it, the last few weeks last few months every he's he's been very impressive and just hope this this really good run of form does continue because he works hard, no doubt about it. But he's now seeing the the fruits of, of what he's been doing and, and and what he's been working towards. And it may only be a two game old partnership, Clive, but him and Davis Keeler Dunn seem to have struck a real partnership. Yeah, but just going back to the justifiable criticism of his mistakes recently, before this time, I mean, he was he got a mistake in him like every other player has, but. Is it only a coincidence that he plays well when he's played in the right position? Mm. Um, and mistakes at the front end of the pitch, which are going to happen, don't have the same devastation normally as they do when you are playing as a defender. And then throw into that, at the time he was making those mistakes, and you mentioned the one at Everton, our back line was not as good as it needed to be. And so anything that he cocked up on, they weren't the best people to deal with it. And uh, I think the situation is completely different now. I think we have this confidence in our uh, more resolute defence. Aikens is being encouraged to play the sort of game I think he's best equipped to do. And you're right, Craig, there's a new partnership starting to bear fruit. I don't think we've seen the best of uh, DKD yet, but I think he's going to be a real star for us. Yeah, he certainly looks like a, a real handful. Uh, staying with Aikens for... Uh, just a minute, minute Alan. Uh, Sarah says, Aikens up top, Mansfield won't stop. I like that. That's very, that's, yeah, uh, that, no, that's no a good one indeed. That. Well done, Sarah. But, go, but go into that sort of thing. Is it, um, has Mansfield's fortunes come through Aikens going up top and getting a little bit of confidence, or has it come elsewhere on the pitch? I certainly think that there are X amount of uh, areas which you, you can highlight, but certainly having, um, and Aikens playing with, with confidence. I think now, after what he's been here, what, a year a year and a bit um, now, um, we are starting to see the Aikens which Burton fans raved about. It might have been. It's like similar to what uh, you've said, you know, just about two minutes ago. It might be other matters, you know, influencing where he plays and how he plays, you know, i.e. I. passing the ball, Ollie Clark, George Marius, it could be a number of things. But when you play him in his correct position, he is an absolute handful and he'll give you 110%, whether the ball bounces off him sometimes or not. He's still running and giving 100% at the end of every game when he's playing. And I think, like we said, if you play him up front, that's his best position. He's proved that because they couldn't handle him on uh, Tuesday night. And, you know, like other matches we've seen, we've seen the evidence, you know, it's clear for all to see. It, they just can't handle him because he's a big powerhouse and he, he shields that ball up. And now we've got DKD running off him like you would have either Swanee or whoever else plays up there, you know, from time to time. It can only bode well, I think. Cam, would you, uh, with with the Aikens situation, would you be tempted to go one more and, and add another into that mix? You look at how... Davis Keeler Dunn has performed. He drives the ball a little bit like Reese Oates did when he was in the prime of his form uh, before his injury, of course. He's got a lot of pace. He's got a lot of power. He gets into wide areas. Would you be tempted to go one more and, and put Swan or even, you know, the 
Mr. <laughs> Mr. Johnson playing uh, off of him as well and, and really go for the throttle. I'll give my reasons why I don't think the latter will happen later on. But would you be tempted to, to go one more and try and uh, solidify your place in the playoffs and uh, even galvanise yourself to climb up the, the table yeah. a little bit more? I think it depends on who we're playing because there will be teams where that we come up against where we can overload them up the top end of the field and it'll work it'll work well there's other teams where we we can't overload them up top uh, because we need stability and to be solidified in the midfield um thank you it broke it there we go not, not being used to not. <laughs> um put me off now um but yeah it it, it it just depends on who who we're playing i think why at the moment why change something that's that's not broken it's why i'm very frustrated about the whole him flinders situation because it's very much on the thing of why why change it if it's if it's working well and i know craig's dying to jump in on that one so go on then well, no, Stags, I was going to come on to it anyway, because Stags chat in the comments have asked, who would you have in goal, Pinmore Flinders? And for me, it's not a question of who I would have in goal, Pinmore Flinders, because I think both are two equally good goalkeepers. You know, Pim came in on Tuesday, and to be fair to him, came back in as, as the number one and had a, a decent game, made a good save when we needed him to make a good save. We were coasting at... Uh, I think it was three or four. It might have been four at the time. And they got through towards the end of the first half and were one-on-one. -on -one. And I said to, to Clive at the time, if they score before half-time, it would be a completely different second half. We won't coast this game because they'll, they'll, have some, they'll have a chink of light. And he made the save that he needed to make. He came and caught a few crosses. He parried one away and, and was generally okay. The, the issue is not Pim versus Flinders. The issue is the way in which Nigel Clough has dealt with it. It's a difficult situation because there could well be a clause in the contract of Christy Pym because, of course, let's not forget, he's not ours. He is on loan to us from uh, from Peacebury United. So there could well be a clause, like there was with certain players, certain midfielders last season when they came on loan, that they have to play. And if that's the case, then so be it. But come out and be a little bit more transparent with it, is all I'm saying, because from the outside... You've got Scott Flinders, who has had three superb games and keep and kept the clean sheet that he thoroughly deserved against um, against Gillingham, and then he gets dropped. He's you know he has three superb games and gets dropped for no reason other than the other goalkeepers back available. And I just don't think that sends a very clear message to any player that's on the fringes who may not be in Clough's first. 11 or first choice 11 or however you want to phrase it. I just don't think it says a very good, sends a very good <coughs> message. And I think, Clive, it's that issue, isn't it? We were discussing it before the game outside in the, the fan zone when we saw the team news. that it, it just doesn't make for good man management, in our opinion, as supporters. No, we, we felt it, it doesn't do anything positive from a motivational point of view to Flinders to be know, to, to know in advance that unless Pim's injured or suspended, he's no chance of playing. Um, now, he may well understand that. It may well have been an agreement, and so be it. But as you say, the only people that know that are people that aren't telling us. I, I, my, my view is very simple. 
you don't change a winning team and, and you don't change someone who's playing well. And Flinders came in through circumstance and he acquitted himself very, very well. And I, I wouldn't have changed that for uh, Carlisle on Tuesday night, especially as Pim's coming back from a, uh, an injured finger. Now, I understand he's still wearing some form of lightweight splint. Well, you know, why you've got to want to do it enough to take a chance on him. And, and obviously they did and it worked out. And as I share your view, we're lucky to have two really good keepers in, in this in this division. Alan, it's not a question, is it, of uh, ability? Because you would happily play either of them. In fact, sometimes you'd wish that you could play both or give them 45 minutes apiece because they are yeah. two equally good shot stoppers. The issue is, yeah. you know, the, the way it's been handled by Nigel Clough. He, his, his comments, just be a little bit more transparent with it. I think that's all we as supporters expect as a minimum, isn't it? As you would in any walk of life. I think I can remember somewhere a while ago when I think it was Flinders gave a, an interview and he did intimate in his interview, Ooh. I feel sure he did, that he knows that he came in as number two. Now, what Clive's just said might make a little bit of sense in, you know, on Tuesday, Pim did come back in, although, you know, have a finger a splint on his finger. But be fair to Pim, like we said yesterday, he had a really good game. There were one cross that he came for and missed. But apart from that, he played really well. And I think Flinders might understand that he's second in the pecking order. But that's not to say that we don't think, you know, he should have carried on playing. Because like Cam said, why change a winning team? Well, sometimes you have to. And who'd have thought Barry? would have come in with Maris being injured. You know, it just yeah, absolutely. courses for courses, isn't it? And it's same as Wallace with the Aikens situation. Aikens has been berated. There's not a, people, not a lot of people, apart from yourself, like, you know, think Wallace ought to be in the team regular, but he's proving otherwise. He's proving a very good stand-in for Macca. Yeah, we'll come on to Wallace in just a minute. Let's just round off the, the Pim versus uh, Flinders situation. Is it unfair, Cam, to, to ask the question or to answer the question, who would you have in goal, Pim or Flinders? Because I think I, I don't think I would actually genuinely give an answer. I think it would there's a lot of factors for, for me. Each have yeah, their weaknesses, each have the strengths. Yeah, it'd be a very technical answer as in Pim uh, Flinders is a better shot stopper and a bit more commanding. Uh and Pim is uh probably a better kicker of the ball and, and maybe his handling's a little bit better. And it's, it's, it's very nitpicky stuffs that not really just like, if, if you're looking on the surfaces, you're just thinking like, who's, who's the better keeper? Well, actually they're both just as good as each other. I think there's a couple of saves that Flinders made at Bradford that maybe Pim wouldn't have, wouldn't have done the more just like the getting down and closing or down. But then you think back mm. to, to Doncaster early in the season, Pim pulled off that worldie. I don't think Flinders is capable of doing that personally because he's just, he's a bigger guy. He's not quite as nimble. So you've got aspects of both. So I think it'd be harsh to say who's a better keeper. And I think managers are always going to have their favourite, regardless of what position it is or whoever. But, and quite clearly, Aikens is Clough's number one favourite, but it's just one of them things in football. You've got you've got your eleven that you like to have. If you've got a fully fit team, you've got an eleven yeah. that you like to be able to have, like to be able to play because you know they can play how you want and they know that they're capable of getting results. That's what it boils down to, really, isn't it? 
Yeah, think... it's not a question of ability because we've sorry, Alan, sorry. Uh, you know, are. we've seen Flind we've seen Flinders have bad games as well. You know, when, I'm thinking back to the EFL Trophy earlier this season when he, you know, he was rusty yeah. and didn't have a, a great game. The difficulty is at the minute. It's like the Aikens situation. If Aikens got dropped on uh, on Saturday, everyone would be going, "What you dropped Aikens for? His best striker we've got." Because <laughs> we think back three things, months, we judge things in the moment. As football yeah. fans, ninety percent of us have this one directional tunnel vision of judging things purely based on the last few results. It's it's. I'll just uh, button in before. Sorry, Clive. Before you talk, uh, I was going to say to Craig and them, all four of us here. If everybody's fit, I bet our 11s wouldn't be exactly the same. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And this no, is, you know, it's, it's because, like you say, football, it's it's all my... about, you know, our ideas and what we think, not what yeah. You're missing a piece. He's looking yeah. for his piece of paper now. Yeah, I don't know where it's gone. I think I might have binned it. Anyway, that was when oh, I was messing around wish. with Camera 3. Right, let's talk here. Let's talk. Uh, we'll come on to Wallace in a minute. Um, I want to just uh, reflect a little bit on the second half at, uh, oh, at, Carlisle. Uh, at Carlisle. But I do, but I also don't want to come across as being negative because I don't mean it to sound that way. If we'd have played like we played in the second half at 0-0, I think we'd have been sat here and having a, a very different conversation yeah and I think a big reason of that Clive you know you we sort of said it didn't we after the game is Ollie Clark was taken off at, at half time and when Ollie Clark's not on the pitch in that midfield it makes the world a difference and as Sarah said one for Clark mm. no Clark no Bark no. <laughs> yeah that'll do <laughs> I think um uh, Clough said something like, "We I didn't bring Johnson on because we didn't need the goals. Well, I'm going to take issue with that. I think when you've got a team on, on the rack, you keep going. Mm. We, we were 4-0 up at uh, Scunthorpe, weren't we, when the season they got yeah. relegated. And we just eased back. And in the end, two or three goals more in our locker would have put us in a different situation. And, and you don't need to just look at the stags for that. If you look at what happened with Bristol Rovers, they, in a very strange way, scored seven goals against the very same team in the last game of the season. No one could have predicted that. It was completely out of the blue. But what did it achieve? They got promoted. And, you know, Northampton were the victims of that because goal difference matters. And our goal difference isn't very good at the moment. It's getting better. But, you know, it could be vital when, the, when we get to the vinegar stroke towards the end of the season that whether we've got goal difference positive or not. We've got... Uh, you know, we've got some teams around us that have got a few more goals in the in the pot than we have. So I I would on Tuesday night I was disappointed didn't use the opportunity to put Johnson and Swan on because I thought that would have really te tested their team. It wouldn't even stop them attacking because they'd been too busy chasing our, our attackers. But negative comment from Craig. Never negative comment from Craig alert. If ever there was proof that Daddy Johnson's not going to play for Mansfield, it was not bringing him on at half time at Carlisle. Carry on, Cam. I can see both sides of the argument. Can I just say, by the way, I have finished. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I can see both sides of the argument, but I, I, I personally sway more on the side of Nigel Clough's theory, possibly on the second half, by the virtue that we've taken players off and certain players. More specifically because we need to save legs. 
because it is a long way, and they worked very hard in the second half, in the first half. But come on, we'd have to interrupt you because if it was about saving legs, he should have taken Lucas off because he was running on fumes, uh, and and that would have been a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Aikens can Aikens can play a full ninety. Ollie Clark can't. No, uh, but he doesn't. He shouldn't Wallace need to. And... He should, no, we were four. Oh, I know. I know. Should, it, what? Someone? What if someone had gone through him in the nineties minute and injured him and puts him out for six weeks? Well, he's struggling with injuries. There's no point in play. Well, yeah, take him off. He's, he's earned the rest. Yeah. Well, exactly. I. I just. I. It's. It's such a, a frustrating thing because. I agree. I agree with what you said about agreeing with Clough's theory to to a degree. We had to make sure that we protected them coming out because they were going to come out in the second half. And like I said earlier, if they got that goal before half time, it would have been a different second half. But you could have done that and still gone for the jugular by bringing on two players who clearly need some minutes and are desperate to impress in Swan and Johnson and taking off Keeler Dunn, who's who was absolutely knackered, by the way, by the 55th minute. And Lucas Aikens, who's been our best player for the last two or three games to protect them. There was no need to, to keep them on. Sometimes you can get the balance by making the changes anyway. I think, I don't know. I, th- th- mm. Shut up, Craig. The hey, theory behind it's right, but personnel choice. It's all opinion. opinions, isn't it? I mean, it, it sounds it. churlish to be critical when we've, we've comprehensively beaten the team in third position. You know, against all expectation, we did, we turned him over a good style. And there was never a period, apart from that worrying that was running up to half-time, that if they scored, it would change the complexion. There was never any fear of us not coming back to the points after we'd scored those goals in the first half hour. But, but that my view, and I'm not a professional football manager, is that was the circumstance. You could have let the game in the second half run for 10, 15 minutes and then gone to chase a few more goals. They did bring Swan on and Swan nearly scored a fifth as it happened. It could have had two mm. in reality. So I'm not being uber critical. I just think that there's a circumstance when you can you can choose to bring a couple of strikers on and that was one of them. Basically, what, what we're saying is we wanted our cake and to eat it on Tuesday night. We wanted everything. <laughs> we wanted everything on Tuesday. That's, that's what we're saying. Valentine's uh, cake. Absolutely. Let's turn it back to uh, something a little bit more positive. Uh, Martin's mentioned it in the comments, and that's Alfie Kilgore, Alan, who, again, has been absolutely tremendous since uh, he's come in. He's certainly uh, revitalised that back three. And, you know, when we were talking about having the personnel to play this system effectively, that's exactly what we've got now. And isn't it, you know, it's fantastic to be sitting here Saying saying that, and we've still got players to to come back in to that. But Alfie Kilgore is a, a huge part in that. He marshals that back three well. You know, he's had Riley Harbottle come back in in the last couple of games or so alongside him. James Perch, the elder statesman, uh, uh, as well. That is a really good. Uh, it, it's shaping up to be really good, and he's a, a big part of that because he's a threat in both boxes. When I saw him come on for that last twenty minutes, and I, I saw him make that. It went to last ditch, last ditch tattle, but you knew it. You knew it was there. You know, to me, who's, who's last dick? <laughs> last ditch. He's the new foreign player we're signing in the summer. <laughs> the uh, I said there and then. I says future, uh, future England, future Mansfield captain, and and I, I likened him to George Foster last week, and I haven't changed my opinion. That bloke will be immense for Mansfield Town. A That's proper right. proper player in my. Yes. It's not you ambiguous. Know you know exactly what you get. 
You know what I love the most about these players that we have brought in, though? What are they? Two of them haven't been injured. No, permanent. Every signing that we made yeah. in this January transfer window has been permanent. And they all are to decent age. Yeah, we've got three players on loan at the moment. Oh, yeah. Craig's trying to figure this one out. No, I am, yeah. Yeah, Keeper and the two knots. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Pim, Harbottle and Swan. And fair enough, two of those are are crucial. And I think Harbottle, when he's fully fit, he's a fantastic player, but he complements what we've got well. But then you think Keeler Dunn, uh, Johnson, obviously out injured, but fantastic player. and then Kilgore, and then it, it, we, it, we've bought in, not for the sake of bringing in for once, we, we've actually brought in quality that does complement us, and obviously Clough was uh, chasing Keeler Dunn when he left when he left Oldham, obviously he went to, to Burton to further his career, because obviously it was League One, so it made sense to go there. Obviously things haven't worked out, so the option is, You've had six months at, well, less than six months at Burton. The offers come in from Mansfield, play regular football, and on Tuesday night he's got two assists, uh, two assists, and, and and won a penalty. On on Saturday he got an assist, so he's, he's done everything you want. And then Kilgore, yeah, you, you really can't complain about him. He's they Clough summed it up perfectly. He's not one of these defenders that's like pound the chest. He's he's very very technical whilst also being very strong and he's able to read the game well and it just fills me with confidence because you think alongside someone like Perch who's maybe obviously on the tail just like the end of his career you want someone solid next to him where they can play off each other and then you've got Harbottle on the other side and they just all complement each other very well and you throw Elliot Hewitt into that mix and then Stephen McLaughlin, when he's fit, that is one hell of a defensive unit that we've now got. And we've always said the defensive unit has always been the most questionable part of our squads I, over the last few can years. I, can I say something controversial? Go on then. Again, we've been better without Stephen McLaughlin. I agree. He's been off it, but when when he, when he plays like we know he can, it changes it. So. Kieran, Kieran Wallace is by no means, you know, a, 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 a wing back. He's doing a superb job in that position. But if you play the right players in front of him, he doesn't need to be. He can be that defensive style player and allow, you know, the likes of uh, the midfield with Stephen Quinn and Ollie Clark, George Maris, whoever it deems to be to, to go in there. And the, the thing you've got with Wallace as well is, you know, he's been playing fullback for, for a few games. <laughs> Tuesday night, George Maris is unavailable. He slots into that mid, that defensive midfield role in the centre of that three. Jordan Bowery comes in at uh, left wing back and does a has a, a decent game. And Wallace again, it's pivotal to everything. He gets so much stick, and he's not a ninety minute player. Uh, Kieran Wallace, by no means. After sixty five, seventy, he's definitely struggling. I think Nigel Clough has said, you know, after seventy minutes, he has to come off because he literally cannot do any more, Adam. But he is. For me, the squad player of the season. I think he's he's been as pivotal as Alfie Kilgore and Davis Keeler Dunn in the last few games. I'm just saying he's done well whenever he's come on. He's had his moments and it is sometimes he does, you know, it's a rash tackle or he loses his head, but so does Ollie Clark in that respect when he first comes on. But when mm. they when he's playing 
in his position, like you've said. I thought Jordan Barry was immense on Tuesday night. I mean, a lot of people would have given other, you know, other players the plaudits, but I thought Barry had a really, really good game, and that helped Wallace, you know, because he was in that position. Yeah. Wallace took the place of Maris, and you know, when he was spraying his thirty-yard balls out to the left to Quinn and whoever else, it were, you know, it must be confidence for that lad as well, you know, to know, oh. I'll play against team again tonight. So well, let me show ask the question, though, Alan, haven't you? That when um, Lewis Reed is fit and Maris is yeah. available, where does Wallace sit then? Yeah, well, he'll back be at left wing on back. the bench, but it is a squad like no, player. And I'm with, Craig, I'm with Craig here. You make him a left wing back and, and allow yeah. a, a certain other Irish fellow to go. Uh, no, I, I, no, I don't agree. I don't agree that we should let McLaughlin go, but I certainly agree that once Lewis Reed is, is is back available or Maris is back available or whoever, Kieran Wallace is the first choice replacement to, to yeah. subsidise for Stephen McLaughlin. Yeah. And, you know, Jordan Barry is a, a suitable player. He's good yeah. to bring on in those last 30 minutes because he's a threat. He, he gets forward, he's physically a threat. But in terms of how we're playing at the minute and the success we've had, Kieran Wallace all day long for me he goes he just he's in that starting 11 you find a place for him a fit a fit don't get me wrong a fit macker would be on my team sheet in the first 11 without a, a fit, doubt a fit macker lasts about two games no, I don't agree <laughs> I don't agree because why did he get all the plaudits last season then Craig when he wasn't injured oh I'm not I'm not I'm not oh, he's climbing he's arguing <laughs> at me what the side of the screen mate, that way this game is about opinions, in my opinion. Is I think exactly. Macker is a bit of a luxury now. And I'd also say, I think Oates has had his day with us. I think come mm. the end of this season, there'll be some big decisions to take there. Um, because I think he's accident prone. I think he's, he's not as fit or as good as he was before he had his, his first abdominal or chest damage, whatever it was, pectoral damage. So I think, you know, these players come and go. There's a window of opportunity. And I think. We are now heading down a slightly different trajectory through circumstance, through players being injured, like Oates being injured. And I just don't think uh, we have the concerns about the dependency we once seemed to have on him. Yeah, Everybody's got their own opinion, but I, I, I certainly don't agree with Macca. Macca would be in my 11 to start with, no problem at all. I'd still find a place for Kieran Wallace, even with Macca yeah, well, in there. You'd find somewhere but, for him, but it wouldn't I'll, be I'll, a place I'll, for Macca. I'd play him in can, can, we all agree that we'll keep, can we all agree that we'll keep Hewitt? Oh, of course. <laughs> that's, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? We're not as weird as that again, are we? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, um, how many times have I said on here that if Marius plays well, Mansfield play well? And it's the same with Ollie Clark. Yeah, I think, you know, we've probably glossed over the Ollie Clark thing a little bit, Cam. Obviously, Nathan's not here to say, oh, it's my reverse psychology, which is making him play well. But, yeah. you know, Ollie Clark gets forward, he gets on the ball. He's a commanding captain when he when he needs to be. He really drives that midfield. And we did miss him on Tuesday night when he went off in that uh, second half. And I do worry that when Clark's not involved, we do lack a, a spark in that midfield. I think Clark, as much as anyone, has got to take credit for... The, the results in the last two games. Yeah. Again, good areas in both, two very good goals. And when Ollie Clark hits a ball, Cam, it stays bloody hit. Yeah, it does. You, you think back to, to Saturday, it took a, a nick on its way through, but it skims off the post and it's beat the keeper all ends up. And you probably say as a keeper, what's what's the one golden rule? You don't get beaten at your near post. 
Mm. And it's very impressive from Clark because it's it's something that we've maybe not quite seen was just like obviously the first year that he was with us. But I, I just think that for whatever reason, that first bit of the COVID season, we just didn't hit form and it was just poor to watch Mansfield. And obviously Clough's come in and he's a very different player. But we think to the end of last season, you think everyone was asking, is Clark actually going to be mm. a Mansfield player at come comes the start of the season on the first day at, at, at Salford. It and might be the confidence of the new contract as well, as daft yeah, as yeah. it sounds. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit of everything. I think you just needed the confidence. But I think the most important thing is he needs to stay fit. Yeah. And that's 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 the big thing. And he's had this this problem with his knee for the last... Uh, last few weeks and when he's been playing he's been fantastic but when he's not played you've noticed that he's not playing yeah. he's not been fit i think alan said back a week ago in the uh not senior cup he just didn't look interested i suppose it's one of them he doesn't want to put 100 percent in because he's wanting to be back in the team soon so and the playing first teamers in that game was never about winning that game it was to to get the minutes so swings and roundabouts, but Ollie Clark, he's, he's that player that you need that engine player to run run your midfield. And who have we got that can do that that's not him, who can replace him? Because I can't think of anybody that can do that. John Joe O'Toole, let's talk yep. about him. Um, I, <laughs> Go on, you know, it, it, a few weeks ago, it <laughs> seemed like he'd be, out, he'd be going out the door because he was, uh, you know, uh, basically said that by Clough that, People looking at him and, and, and Kellen Gordon. Kellen Gordon, of course, went on deadline day to, to Crawley. John Joe O'Toole, there was no move for him. He didn't play in the not senior cup game, which you alluded to, because there may have been a potential move there. He's come off the bench in the last couple of games and sat in uh, midfield. So obviously there's been a uh, a kiss and make up sort of job there or, or whatever, or he's just patiently waited for, his, waited for his chance, however you want to interpret it. But he's done superbly well in there. And let's not forget, he is a midfielder by trade. He's not a centre-half. Alan, and, you know, Cam was saying there about if Clark's not there to drive it, is there a, a replacement there? Yes, there is. People have spoken about, you know, the midfield's a little bit short at the minute. You're missing Lewis Reed, you're missing Anthony Hartigan. Hiram Boateng's not, not really Anthony hitting Hartigan. The, the, We're not missing uh, Anthony I, Hartigan. I, I know, but the, you know what I mean with the point? We're not, you know what I mean? You know, you've got other players missing in that area and you're sort of down to the bare bones but we've still got players who are comfortable in, in creating a competitive midfield Wallace goes and sits in there and someone else goes in at fullback um, O'Toole comes and sits in there Law comes in and, and, and gets some minutes we're not short at all and I actually disagree with Cam I think we have got enough players to, to drive that midfield if they were given the opportunity for minutes and one of them the leading contender is John Joe O'Toole I can understand what you both say, but I think Cam, in my opinion, Cam is correct in saying there's nobody quite like Ollie Clark because he drives us forward. He's got the pace with him, where I don't think O'Toole has. O'Toole's more of a defensive midfielder, but he's also, to be fair to O'Toole, he's got a goal in him. He can score goals, as he's proved in his career, so give the lad a chance because I don't think he'll ever let you down. 
No, I don't. He's. Uh, I think he's a is a good club man out all. I think he's a a loyal person, regardless of uh, whether or not he's getting minutes or not. Uh, let's turn our attention then to the the next game. Obviously, Tranmere. We'll do predictions in a minute. But before we do that, you know, we've played thirty games this season. We're in a good position uh, again. In fact, points wise, I believe we're in exactly the same point yeah. as where we were this time. Same last points. Season. Exactly. Same win. Everything's the same except the goal. How uh, we are a, a place higher, I believe, than what, where we were last year. I think we were six at this point last season. But we've got to maintain it, haven't we? You know, last season we we got into this position by having that constant fluidity of uh, results, and we had that momentum which we, was carrying us, and it was building up for a long time since November. This season, in my personal opinion, that momentum has not been there. We've sort of clung on a little bit into that position and, and bobbed in and out of the playoffs. This is a real time this weekend, uh, Alan, isn't it, to go and If you can get a point against Tranmere, great. But if you can get all three, you know, that does stand you in, in real good stead to really start to pull away. Because if you look at that league table at the moment, very tight in there. Northampton above us on 52 points. Salford beneath us, equal goal difference. We're above them on goals scored at the moment. Um, they're on 49 points. We've scored 47. They've scored 41. Um, Stockport then in seventh on 48 points. Just outside the playoffs, Bradford on 48. Um, then Doncaster in ninth on 46. They've had an upturn in form. Uh, Sutton United always there or there or abouts, it seems. 44 points uh, on the board. Swindon in 11th with 42. Tranmere then in 12th on 41. So it's still very tight in and around there, Alan. But this weekend uh, and even next weekend as well uh, at home to, to Salford, the team just below us, um, it's a real, real big couple of games coming up still, isn't it? It is. And to the next three games, you know, obviously the Carlisle one, the Tranmere one, and did you say Salford, the, the last one? I would have hoped for at least seven points out of nine. I mean, nine would be absolutely fantastic. But seven points out of the nine, I think that's what we'd definitely be looking at. And I think this year also, we don't have to worry about that. I know we've got one game in hand on Carlisle, but last year, last year we had quite a few games in hand, didn't we? And I've always said, give me the mm. team with the, with the points on the board. Well, because last let year the we others had a, chase you. Let the others well, chase you. Those games in hand last year yielded us zero points. And that's what I mean. That that's my point. You know, we don't have to worry about that at the moment this year. And just watch out for watch this space for Stockport. They seem to be putting a run together, don't they? And they could be one of them yeah, that they, you know slowly creep up. If you look at last I mean, year's table, sorry to interrupt you, Craig, but if you look at on. last year's table, there was teams that finished up very successful. There was Port Vale and Bristol Rovers, and they hadn't shown at that point. No. So no. anything can happen. And yeah. I think the difference this year is that we started this year with some points. We, we were earning from the start. Last year, we had that horrible first third of the season when we couldn't do anything. So in actual fact, our current form hasn't got us into this parity position. It's the fact we didn't have such an awful start as we did last year. The good news in all this is I think we've turned the corner a little bit in terms of performance and ability to carve out results. And going back to your original idea that seven out of nine would have been a good return, everybody would agree, I think, on that. The fact is we've now beaten, against all expectations, yeah. Carlisle comfortably away from home. It takes the pressure off a little bit. 
we're not we're not the points return at Tranmere is not quite so essential as it might have been. And if you take yeah. the pressure off, you perform better. I yeah. think it's less about the points return at Tranmere, Cam. I think it's more about now finding the momentum. Like Clive said, you know, we did pick up points early doors th- this season and sort of put ourselves in that position, in that holding position uh, to be up there. But at this stage of the campaign now, we've found our, our way of playing. You know, we've, we've tried to play this way all season. We finally found it after the January transfer window. We've got players who are performing well. We've got players to come back in and, and add to that. Um, in a few weeks' time, which is absolutely great. But n- but now it's about gaining that momentum. Like Clive said, you know, Port Vale, Bristol Rovers, they were underneath the sort of uh, the frame of people's mind of the top yeah. three thinking or the playoffs thinking at, at this stage. But momentum got them there. We've got to find that momentum now and that consistency of results. We can't have now taken three steps forward to now go and take four back. And I think that's the most important for me, important thing for me, Cam, come Saturday afternoon at Tranmere. Yeah, it is. And you think if we do win, then, I mean, currently we're the, the second most formed team in the league over six games. So you think back to January and we had a bit of a blip in form and, and the performances weren't quite there. We were all starting to question, that, oh, were we actually going to be able to achieve anything this season? You bring the players in that we have, and it's a completely different picture less than a month later. And like you keep saying, if we if if we are going to be serious about doing something this season, then Saturday is going to be a massive game. It's another one that we pro- you think we probably should be winning. You've got to think we've got to go into these games with with every bit of confidence. I think the only one that maybe we we're thinking might be a bit little bit difficult over the last few games or so was was Carlisle the fact that we've got to travel there on a Tuesday night if it's a Saturday it's probably a completely different picture we're a little bit more confident but the fact that we've gone there on a Tuesday night and put four on the board at half time and that's given us the confidence to to go and see out the game uh, but it's all important that we've these last few games where we've had a, a good start to the game scoring Scoring goals early, and you think Doncaster scoring very early, and it's set as good stead. You but the most towards... important thing, Cam, from the last couple of games has been clean sheets. Yes. Two back-to-back games with clean sheets, that is a turning point in my world. And I think that's Cloughism as well. Clough wants clean sheets. And we've we've struggled to do that all season, and much of last season as well. So if, we've, if Kilgore and the new shape back four, or three in the middle and two wing-backs, whatever he chooses is as good as it's been in the last couple of games for the rest of this season. It puts us in a very, very powerful position going forward. Yeah, it really does. And uh, on that subject, it's time to turn our attentions to podcast predictions and uh, see where we get with all things uh, all things Tranmere. First of all, though, we'll start with uh, the up-to-date podcast predictions league table where there are yet more twists in the turns if you think it's tight in league two well it's tight in podcast predictions as well we've currently got four people vying it out for second place in the overall table and three of the Mansfield Matters crew are all battling it out for that number one spot uh, in our little league as well so um, annoyingly um, both me and Cam are actually outside the top 10 of the overall table at the moment Um, Cam is in 12th on 26 points. I'm in 11th on 27. 
then it's Kiwi Stag uh, and JS both on 31. Adam Crump, uh, David Shetlife and Roger King all then on 32. And then in second place, Clive Parkin, Alan Wilson, Nathan Edge and Kathy Holmes. Go, um, Kathy, go. All on 34 points. Steve Naden the current leader of the pack on 35 wow. in the Mansfield Matters group. Alan Wilson, Nathan Edge and Clive Parkin all lead the way on 34. I'm then in second slash fourth, depending on how you look at it, uh, on 27. Cam in uh, fifth or third, depending on how you look at it, with 26. And then Nick, of course, who started late, uh, who will be back with us, by the way, in a couple of weeks' time once he's got internet uh, secured in his proper, in his new gaff uh, on 12 points. Um, well, Can I ask where my dad is? Uh, is it working? I don't know. He's watching, I think. He is in nineteenth place on. No, is he? No, hang on. No, hang on. Wrong Don't jump about too soon, Cam. No, I was looking. I apologise profoundly to your dad. I was looking at the wrong Nick. Your dad is breathing down your neck, as he should be. Uh, on 24 points, he is in 14th place, so just two Ooh. points behind you at this point in uh, the uh, proceedings. And with that, I'm going to start push. with I'm going to start with Cam. Try me a prediction, please. Um, I'm going to say two 0 win. Uh, Goal time. Fifteenth minute. Uh, going to then come to Clive. You're not. You're up next. Well, I'm not going to predict a 4-0 half-time result, uh, scoreline. I think uh, this is going to be tougher. But I still think we'll win. I'm going to go for the classic 2-1 win. And I think it'll be midway through the first half. So I'm going to say 23 minutes. Alan? Also, 2-1 win, 40. I am going to go for... I think that we're in for another classic encounter. I'm going to go for a 3-2 win. Ah, have that, people who say I'm negative. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to score the first goal in the... The first goal will come in the sixth minute. Uh, six. Uh, we'll get Nathan's. We'll get Nick's. Uh, later in the week as well, and we'll put them onto our socials if we get them in time. Don't forget, if you want to get involved with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description, and you must do so no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon for your prediction to count. Predictions in the chat will not count. That's all we've got time for in terms of uh, Mansfield chat tonight. Really appreciate your comments uh, and you getting involved as always. Um, we will be back with another podcast on uh, Tuesday night. However, we do have a little bit of Mansfield Matters related news for Tuesday night. Cam. What, what about me? What have I done? Usually, so I've I was, I was, I was, I was expecting you to, to say it, but it just proved my point that you weren't listening. Oh, get um, get off those naughty websites and start paying attention. I'd say I'm talking to friends, but all yours are going to do is turn around and say I'm, I've not got any friends. So anyway, You're, we're on. all here. We're all here. Don't you include uh, yeah, me in this? <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Oh man. Um. So yeah, Craig's handing over the reins for a bit, uh, which would have been tonight as well, but um, I didn't want to take that responsibility for the for the next part. 
So um, Craig's doing this. Um, uh, yeah, so from Tuesday uh, onwards for for a little bit until uh, until Craig's work life settles down, basically. It's new job and all that. He's busy, busy, man. He's busy. Yeah, so... Yeah, so basically what it is, Tuesday there will be a Mansfield Matters podcast, but it will be Craigless apart from the intro and outro, where I will be still doing uh, those. Uh, and I'll also pop up in podcast predictions as well with a little pre-recorded video, but I'm unavailable uh, all of next week. So I- I'm handing the reins over uh, to Cam. I nearly missed out last week, of course, when I got back late. Um, and st- Cam did a superb job in standing in. So please do support him on Tuesday and, uh, you know, enjoy the enjoy the chat enjoy the responsibility and hopefully i'll be back with you the following week but i can't confirm that yet because i don't know what my work schedule is so next tuesday uh will be the mansfield matters podcast 7 30 as always in by the all the usual places Ish. Cam at the helm god help us all right uh let's uh move on by paying tribute tonight to kevin bird if you missed it at the start of the show Mansfield community was absolutely rocked and saddened today when we heard the news that last night, age 70, the Stags legend Kevin Bird sadly passed away. Signed in 1972, he went on to make uh, 463 appearances in all competitions, scoring a whopping 63 goals in 11 seasons. Not bad for a centre-half. He's an absolute club legend who won both the fourth and third division in the Glorious spell of the the mid nineteen seventies, and and uh, had a bar at the ground named after him in two thousand and nine. The Kevin Bird Suite opened in two thousand and nine in his uh, name. He left the Stags uh, and in nineteen eighty eight and went to sign for Huddersfield, where he played just the once before returning back to the Mansfield area and settling down with his wife Sue and of course he, he, his family and played locally for a number of local. Uh, amateur teams and uh, various bits and bobs and have always combined his Saturday afternoons with coming to watch the the Stags down uh, the years and earlier today Alan when we all saw that news well it just showed didn't it you went on social media and there what there wasn't one post which didn't send condolences to to Sue no. and the family it just showed the absolute mark of the man which was uh, Kevin Bird now me and Cam could could sit here and we could you know regale stories which I'm sure we, we will about when we met him a, f- a few years ago but you and Clive you know you got to see the good bits you got to see him with the stag shirt on on the pitch so it feels only right for you two to, to share your tributes first yeah. well, can I start I mean Kevin yeah. and I are contemporaries age-wise and uh, uh, he's he's Latter years have been troubled with dementia and it, it's one of those things that you can do very little to prevent and it's so sad and it's it's uh, the word legend is used too freely in my opinion but in terms of Mansfield players he is truly truly a legend and if any if it's if any if fairness is anything to go by the Quarry Lane stand ought to be named after him going forward um, yeah. in my opinion but, you know, players come and players go. He, he was a, a local boy that did well for us. Um, he was certainly epitomised hard but fair. And, uh, you know, he's, he's lived all his life in and around Mansfield, Mansfield Woodhouse. And, and his, of course, our hearts go out to Sue and the girls because they're left behind. But he, um, he owes this club nothing. And don't forget, he played at a time when players didn't get paid very much money at all. And we had some real success while he was a key member of the team. 
Um, and I'm really saddened he's gone. Rest in peace. Alan. One uh, one story, because Kevin used to, when I used to come and undo my box about one o'clock, Kev used to come and stand at the side of me and we'd chat about football, various things, you know, going on to one, thing, uh, one and other things. And the one story always that it remembers, uh, that I remember fondly, he said, it, it, I can't understand why. And it, when they came out doing all the training and whatever, you know, the little five-a-sides that they do, he says, I can never understand why they do that. In my day, you didn't do that. He says, I used to sit in a cold ice bath. <laughs> this is what Kevin said. I used to sit in a cold ice bath, and at 10 to 3, it would either be Johnny Miller or Terry Eccles, Ray Clark, whoever. Right, Kev, time to get out, get your kit on, and we're on. <laughs> and that was it. That was Kevin. It was hard as nails, but fair. And like I said on my uh, post on social media, this it will I will always remember that six foot two, eyes are blue, Kevin Bird is after you. He's not six foot two, but he, he's sent like that. He was a colossus. And his uh, eyes were brown, go on. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But it's very sad news. You know, he was a legend. And uh, God rest in peace, Kevin. Uh, all best wishes and everything, condolences to his family and why I. Yeah, and of course, you know, we never got to, to watch him play Cam, um, but we've seen video footage from down the years and we were, you know, truly, truly um, honoured a few years ago when we did Legends Live, um, way after his uh, um, diagnosis with, with Alzheimer's 10 years ago now. Um, but we were privileged that him and, and Sue came along to that night. And, uh, you know, we also had the privilege of walking from Chesterfield to, to Mansfield with him a few years ago on the, uh, the walk which Nathan organised for, for guide dogs. And he always had a smile on his face, didn't he? And uh, you could just see, Cam, couldn't you, his, his true love for, for Mansfield Town? Yeah. Um, and I had the, the the pleasure of meeting him before this as well, um, the Kevin Bird charity match uh, a few years prior to, I think it was actually, no, was the, the summer of the season before we, we did the charity walk and mm. and I was able to take part in that. It was something like £15,000 raised uh, with the Once Upon a Smile uh, celeb football team and being able to take part in that and then... Uh, doing the charity walk, Legends Live 1, Legends Live 2, and then all the different bits and bobs, the trips down memory lane and all, all the different things to, to raise money and to raise awareness for um, for Alzheimer's uh, Society and just everything to, to do with that and raise awareness of, of Kev and then other, other professionals that are... are, are the ex-professionals that are now living with it and we've and we've sadly lost two and it's it is so sad when when we do lose one because it, it's another one where you think there couldn't be so much more done and these these millions of pounds raised year upon year to do to do research and there are more uh steps being taken by by the fa to, to help mitigate the factors of, of heading a ball, not being able to head a ball from the it's under 11s now, you're not allowed to head a ball. Uh, so there are steps to be taken and maybe these steps should have been taken sooner. Maybe the research should have been 
started sooner should things have been done sooner but it's still very sad when you do lose one and especially when it's somebody that's so close to your heart because of things that you've done previously and, and a, a man that's if you got if you'd have cut him in half it'd have bled amber and blue and yeah even even in his years after being diagnosed 10 years ago he was still coming to games and you could think just how quickly it's just like when it did start to take hold and and when he did become very unwell it was so sudden and, and you think pre pre-covid he was still coming to games on the regular and then it just seems to have been ever since the covid season it's hit him like a train and he's not been able to go to games and and but yeah it's just so sad to lose him and and rest rest in peace kev yeah absolutely now a few years ago you know we mentioned in there about a trip down memory lane that series that we started here on mansfield matters years ago um i think it must be well well it will be 5 years ago now it was after the the first series we did because of Kev, we chose the Alzheimer's Society as our charity because of uh, of Kevin Bird. And I'll always remember it, it will live long with me, this. We were going to do an episode where we spoke to Kevin. Nathan, um, who sadly isn't with us tonight, um, I'm sure would have shared this story as well, approached Sue. He's known Sue and Kev for, for years. He's been to games with them over the years and, and things like that. And... Um, we said we'd we'd give the episode a, a, a try, and we were invited round to their house. And within two minutes of us, me and Nathan being there, we we sort of said as as, as Kev went into the kitchen um, to to fetch, ironically, his stag shirt off the wall. Um, we're going to turn the cameras and the microphones off because it, it didn't warrant um, doing an episode. We felt it was the right thing to do to to not. Um, record those stories we sat and we spoke to Sue at length about how she the, the challenges that she faced with with living with somebody who was living with dementia and uh, you know we really wanted to do that that series justice we did Legends Live at the end which raised money which all went to the Alzheimer's Society which we'll be forever proud of we've got a link in the description to this episode if anyone wants to donate to the Alzheimer's Society, then please feel free um, to do so. And those episodes of A Trip Down Memory Lane are still freely available as well if you search on your your podcast apps. And he spoke so passionately about his time at Mansfield. He showed us his shirt a number of times because every time we went back out of the room, he'd forgotten that he'd shown it us, which was a really, really sad thing. And when we left that, um, when we left the house, me and Nathan sat in the car and we shed a tear between us about how it was because it's difficult for anybody that's living with that's living with someone who's living with uh, dementia and the help that's out there is nowhere near as, as good as, as what it uh, should be. So hopefully we any money that's raised to the Alzheimer's Society can go and, and make that happen. And I remember I was also working at football in the community at the time and we ran a group which still runs proudly uh, on, a, on a Friday morning called Active Minds and when we first started that, that was all about um, dementia patients and every single person with dementia is, is different. It takes a number of different forms and it's just so sad to, to see how it's affected them. There was one particular gentleman who would ask me what my name was and what job I did every single week. I'd known him for a year and even after a year, he would still ask me week in, week out. But football connected them and 
you know, every time that Kev went to watch Mansfield play, you saw some light go back in his eyes. And you know what? Like you guys have said tonight, there'll be um, numerous tributes which go out on social media and let's hope that the Stags can do um, him justice on uh, Saturday afternoon away at Tranmere. And I'm sure there won't be a dry house, dry eye in the house at the Salford game when Alan delivers a poignant tribute um, to Kevin, no doubt, before the game. And I'm sure Alan himself will struggle to get through without his voice uh, croaking up. Now, usually at the end of this podcast, we play a nice, jolly, joking outro. We're not going to do that tonight. We're going to leave you with this image. We're going to leave you in a period of reflection. As we remember a true Mansfield great, Kevin Bird, who passed away last night, aged 70. He goes down in the club record books, fifth in the Football League appearances for the club, 12th in the goal-scoring charts. A true Mansfield man who, like Cam said earlier, if you opened him up, would bleed amber and blue. Tonight, we dedicate the Mansfield Matters podcast to his memory. We send our thoughts, prayers and best wishes to Sue and to the immediate family. Rest in peace, Kevin Bird, 1952 to 2023. Kevin Bird, a man for whom Mansfield always mattered. Sleep well, Kev. Good night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.